himself In a garden so big you gotta have five kids a week It's a fine line to walk And I know I got nothing figured out I know We gotta stop making plans So we can be A little more than just Another flash in the pan Fuck off to Florida and argue away our luck. Please promise me, honey, you won't let me become a man who owns an RV. Those city lights don't burn bright enough for us. Bougie cafes of lined ups and funny paper cups. God bless the mosquitoes and the hard winters for keeping all that shiny soft skin away. And I know it's a fine line to walk. And I know I got nothing figured out. I know we gotta start making plans. Third Flash in the Pan by Del Barber off his 2023 album Almanac. And uh, Del's joining me here on the podcast today. We got no mic. Mike's super busy this week, but trying to trying to get back in the swing of recording since we came back with to you guys a few weeks ago with, uh, with the Turnpike update. And me and Mike are getting back into recording these regularly again. So uh, this will be a solo mission. But uh, thanks for thanks for doing this, Del. My good My friend, pleasure. Del Barber. I'm uh I'm happy we're finally getting a chance to do this. It's a shame we couldn't do it in person over a couple couple beers or something, but Well, we've shared enough beers over the, yeah. over our time. I think <laughs> yeah. we can we can afford to take a minute without a beer. It's not easy for us, but that's what yeah. we're gonna do. That's true. That's true. This is probably the most sober sober conversation we're ever gonna have. So it's entirely <laughs> possible. <laughs> How you been doing, man? You uh Man, we've you've been you've been pretty busy to start the year, obviously with the record coming out, and uh, you've been on a real big tour across Canada, um, headlining, of course. Uh, you just got back from that, and earlier in the year, in March, we were out on tour together. Uh, you opened for Coulter Wall here in Western Canada. That was fucking awesome. It was so much fun, like seeing you do your thing every night and take over, like command the attention of these huge crowds just by yourself no band it was it was really special to watch and 
um yeah man it was it was nice getting to know you a lot better too over that time so you yeah you've been pretty busy but uh how's how's all that been treating you man it's been great like this this entire year has been the busiest i've been in like obviously a few years and it just feels so good to be back doing my thing just trying to connect with crowds like that is like it's the reason i got into this it's just that that culture tour was was really uh was really special for me like i i don't know if you, you, when you get into these bigger tours uh i've been on a few and you never know what to expect with the crew um I usually like to stay small and out of the way, you know, but man, that crew is just, I just want everyone to know how great they are and how much respect they, they gave me and how fun it was. It was just like, just a killer atmosphere to be a part of, you know, and it's just, it makes sense on so many levels. Like obviously Coulter's uh, songs are incredible. Everyone talks about his voice, sure, incredible, but also the way he carries it and, and the crew on the road, it's, uh, it really impressed upon me why, why this is working so well, just the entire package. I, I was just so grateful to get to be a part of it, you know, a small part of it, supporting those shows. Um, and I'm even more of a fan now, so um, hopefully people take that to the bank because I just think that that, that guy's got it dialed, so... Yeah, it was a blast, man. Um, and then, man, you weren't you weren't really home for too long before you headed out for like. Then the record, like, you went out on tour. The record dropped, obviously, but it was a pretty short turnaround uh, in between yeah. there. So I'm yeah. sure you. Yeah, I'm beat, man. I'm. <laughs> we just <laughs> we just got. I don't know. People don't realize how big Canada is, and like 30 shows coast to coast. Canada is like. It's a heavy schedule. It's a lot of miles. And, uh, and, I, and I know Canada really well, and so I like TM the whole thing myself. And it's just extra work. And uh, but it was killer. We had a we had a great tour and sold a lot of records. Hung out with a lot of old friends. Just you know, it's one of those things I haven't seen people in a couple of years. And get getting back out and hanging with old friends, man. It was a celebration. It was fun. So looking forward to doing yeah. it again. That's great, man. You guys ran into some shitty weather. I know you were. Oh, like, dude. <laughs> fuck, man. It was. Uh, it was like I felt like, you know, I don't know where I, where I am spiritually. I'm confused. I'm a confused spiritual person, but man, I felt like I was being punished. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I was just getting fucking just lighting, like just being like something is telling me not to do this anymore. But I, but I, you know. <laughs> But it was just like a matter of persevering and it was basically, you know, four days of a blizzard uh, from Saskatoon to Thunder Bay, just absolute nightmare. And uh, at the t to top it off, you don't know this, I haven't told a lot of people this, but my wife was in the hospital. Oh, God. Like right in the middle of that storm. I was supposed to stay at home for a night and see her. But she just got a really bad flu and just was dehydrated. And it's just so they had to hospitalize her. And she's like, like the last person to ask for help. I actually, I had to call her mom, get her get her over there. And then they, they hauled her to the hospital and she was there Jesus. for like five days. Holy so like shit. Her, yeah. Right in the middle of this tour, I, I'm like stopping off at this small town hospital. Like I live pretty far from the city and this small hospital. And, and uh, she's hooked up to the IV bag and it was fucked. 
Yeah, it's fucked, man. She, yeah. She's all good now. It was just yeah, 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 yeah. It was. She's good. That she just like needed to be rehydrated and like, just monitored. But you know how these things go. Like sometimes just shit happens, and it seems like it piles on. Yep. Um, but it was like, and it was right in the middle of our like sort of our biggest shows. Like we played Winnipeg, and which was big, and then Thunder Bay, Ontario, which is was a really big show for me. And so it was like right in the middle of the most stressful like high stakes time. So. I, I just I saw her for an hour and then I just hit the highway. Man, just barely made tough. it to Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That's tough, dude. Well, yeah. good for you for sticking to it and getting through all that shit, man. Mm. That's just what we do, you know. Yeah. That's just what that's just what like traveling songwriters do. We just make it work and and uh, and just try to get there on time and and try to just put on good show and tell good stories, sing good songs. That's all it is, man. At least half ass on time, you know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know how hard it is to like, to even when you seem like you have a lot of time in a day when you're touring, it's, it thinks it's hard, especially with a crew. Yeah, man. It's exactly. It's like basically for every like two or three hours, probably like three hours that you have to drive, you can pretty much tack on like another hour of fucking around. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm sure you know that better than anybody by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. But that's part of it. But how have uh, you been, man? What have you been up to? I've been good, man. I'm just uh in the middle of moving all my shit out of my apartment in Edmonton and then uh gonna pack up and go on the road for a few months this summer. And nice. uh yeah, just kind of like be a little hobo for a couple months, so it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I've been following along. You've been traveling quite a bit. You've been seeing lots of good music, and <sighs> you know, you've been doing you've been doing the job, man. You've been you've been looking at everything. It's cool. You're like been, you've, you you've gotten a giant dose of uh, of North American music, you know, on the last. Yeah, it's been a cool. very short amount of time. It's been great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's it's been it's been awesome. It's too bad. I'm I'm gonna have to miss a couple of like my like go-to festivals down in like Kentucky this summer, unfortunately. But uh, for all the listeners that know what I'm talking about, I'm sure you do. Uh, Mike and the whole rest of the gang will all be there, but uh, I'm probably going to have to miss some of it. So that sucks and I'll miss everybody, but it'll be a good time. I'm, I'm stoked. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. Gonna, yeah, it's going to see some, going to see some pretty cool shit this summer. It's going to be exciting. So nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. It's I've been home, man. I've been home here for like I started I started renting this place in in mid November, November 15th. I took the rent or took the uh keys over here. And I think I've been home like at this place for like a combined maybe two and a half months, honestly. Like all, all together, and I've I've been renting it for six, so yeah. it's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm packing my shit and moving out, and I'm finding things that were not unpacked. So oh, yeah, <laughs> put it that way. Wow. <laughs> um, it's been living out of a bag, but it's cool, man. Um, yeah, man. I when I when I was touring, like, and when I was starting out, I was doing 200 shows a year, and I never my bag never got unpacked. And, yeah. Um. It. It's great. It was great at the time. Like I didn't want anything else. It was perfect. And now I don't know if I could do that anymore. Like two hundred's a bit bit hot yeah. for me. No I want to like. 
I gotta, you know, I live on a farm and I, and I want to be home as much as possible and, and I want to be home enough where I miss the road. So that's maybe a good place to get into. I kind of wanted to get into like, you know, your origins of music and life and, and songwriting uh, specifically, um, because I know we have like, obviously a lot of our listeners are in the States, lots of which I'm sure maybe even haven't heard of you. Um, and we're hopefully helping fix that uh, today. But <clears throat> Like, I feel, I feel like there's such a, I mean, music, people get into music for all kinds of different reasons and whether it's early in life or maybe a little bit late bloomers, that kind of thing. But I feel like down in the States, a lot of it is, especially regionally, if you're, if you come from a place, like if you grew up in Appalachia or, you know, Texas or, or places where those like really heavy, like music, like strongholds, I feel like it's something that's just a part of your life from through your family or, you know, friends or, you know, social in your community from a really young age. And I feel like that dynamic's a little different in Canada, just us being less densely populated, first of all. And yeah. second of all, like touring up here and everything about the music scene is dra pretty drastically different, I think, uh, than it is down in the States. So I was curious, I was curious how that's looked or how that looked for you, like early on in life and how you kind of got into how you got into doing all this yeah man uh well i never i never intended it to be my life that's the first point i need to make i never like had this grand dream that i was going to be a songwriter or, or a performer um i always loved doing it like i was in band since i was 16 but it never felt like it never felt like something i was gonna like pursue for a career that seemed insane uh, didn't even didn't even really come up in my brain. It was just something I did for fun, and I, I started doing like going to university and like you know trying to figure out what to study. Didn't really know. Ended up in like a philosophy degree program, and didn't know what the hell I was going to do with that. And just was writing songs the whole time. And I was probably in my like early twenties probably like almost 25 maybe when I just started getting calls to go play shows. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't like looking for these shows. Um, I remember like in my early twenties, I was 21 or 22 and I was going to school in Chicago for philosophy and I was just playing open mics every night. I was just going out and playing open mics and then that, led to just like being part of this little Chicago scene. And uh, I, I loved Chicago, but I hated living there. Like just not a big city guy. And so I didn't last more than a year there, but I cut my teeth there. Like I played five, six nights a week there. Um, and then I got home and started going to university close to Winnipeg and I just started getting calls to go play shows. And by the end of like my third year university, I'd basically dropped out, uh, and, and all my professors were stoked. They were just like, yeah, man, go try it. You know, they were, everyone, everyone around me was telling me do it. Uh, and I was like, I don't know. It seems like a stupid way to, you know, <laughs> stupid path. But I really feel like, like my community at the time anyway, was like believed in me and was like pushing me at the back to go and, 
and 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 try to do it so i just from there i just hit the road and one show led to the other there was no organization there's no booking agents there was nothing it was just me was living out of a car uh i would sleep in my car most nights and i was like playing literally like two to three hundred shows a year and Damn. just just solo just grinding it out but it didn't feel like grinding at the time because i was just like i was just living just living for the fun of it like i was just trying to have enough money to get to the next spot. I had no responsibilities, nothing. It was just, uh, it didn't matter if the show went south. It didn't matter if I only made 50 bucks or 25 bucks. I would just sleep in my car and then the cops would wake me up in the middle of the night and ask me to move and I would drive 10 minutes and then go to fall asleep in the car again, you know? <laughs> it's just like the amount of times that the, the co that I woke up like with the cops pounding on my doors and some like butt fuck eastern montana or something it was just uh it was just remarkable uh so like yeah and then that led me into having a sort of career in canada um signed on to a big management contract really early on and then everything kind of went to shit and uh and now i'm now i'm here kind of doing it myself again trying to figure out what to do next you know that's like the cliff notes Right. It, uh, was your family, like, was your family musical at all? Did you have any influence in that from, from yeah. your parents or grandparents or anything like that? Yeah. My dad, uh, especially was a songwriter and we actually wrote quite a few songs together. Yeah. I know. I know um, you mentioned that before. So, was... and, and my, uh, my aunt Kitty, his sister was, was also like a touring songwriter for a while. Oh, wow. um, all of our family gatherings were musical. My parents' record collection was just absolutely insane. Um, I, I own every single Hoyt Axton record because of them. Um, and I've been listening to Hoyt my whole life. And like, he's still one of my favorite guys. And he's one of these guys that doesn't get enough love. But like, the, like sort of like original alt country guys, uh, we have all those LPs. Um, That's badass. Yeah, it's awesome. So I, I just, I've been kind of indoctrinated with, 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 that level of songwriting since I was just a kid. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, was part of the family for sure. That's awesome. And so about, about what time, like where are we at on the timeline to where that first record was recorded in 2009 is like the earliest that I can find, at least that people can, uh, that's available, I believe on Spotify and that type of thing on streaming services right now. Yeah. So where, before 09, I had two records out, uh, two full-length records that I just like made in a cabin up here in Canada, and they're awful. Like I've done everything I can to like bury those things. <laughs> so that's awesome. Even like you know, they're. I'm sure they weren't awful, but uh, you know, I, I know I know that how that goes. Well, once in a while, there's some like strange OCD fan who like comes up with a really perfectly burnt copy of the record and um wow and 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 then they like send me a song and i'm like you know that's actually way better than i remember it being right uh, way less cringy <laughs> uh, but but yeah like I, I was like honestly i didn't have any i just was like recording stuff and put and just selling it to people for like five bucks and yeah it was it was like really right scrappy. you need something you need something to fucking sell at the show like yeah. you said you're sleeping in your car you need to make a couple bucks off the cd too yeah so like and it was just it was just fun mm. and scrappy and and i was just i just wanted to see america and i wanted to drive around and and like and and like 
go fish in certain rivers and so i would always i would always just like use the guitar to go and see certain parts of the world and uh and i sort of still do that you know yeah and yeah so that oh nine where the Cityans came out i recorded that with like my best buddy from from like growing up jp like we grew up right across the street from each other uh i wrote songs he recorded music like he was he started recording on like the original digital recording devices and uh and then has sort of like built his studio over time we actually made kind of like three records together over the years three nice. and a half yeah uh, and that's that's how we started and it took us forever we didn't know what we were doing again it was just no we had no like education uh we just like stuck mics up until we thought it sounded good and then dealt with the consequences you know <laughs> that's awesome. which is kind of still like one of the best ways to record um yeah. and how like a lot of good engineers work anyway they just they just have enough experience where they can anticipate some of those consequences you know so um yeah it's just like really like i hate to use the word organic but it was just a really natural slow career trajectory for me um ups and downs for sure um and then my so my first like i guess if you want to call it a break i think it was 2011 it came out it's love songs for the last 20. it might have been 12. and that got like a uh, a juno nomination which is like wow. the canadian grammy yeah and that was like for me that was like an impossible thing that i would have never anticipated uh that was just like complete felt complete luck like complete luck it's just another record i made with jp in the basement and i just like toured and sold copies from my trunk and and then i get a you know i get this call from my mom obviously who's like you got nominated for juno and i thought someone was like playing trick on her you know yeah <laughs> called and called the family landline yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> hello this is the junos yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so and then it just like went from there and i and then i people started paying attention in the industry and then it probably kind of went to shit from there for a while for me two records uh spending money i didn't really have the right to spend and like part of my sort of regret or i just wonder what would happen if i would have just kept doing it all myself in in you know maybe maybe i've been in a different place today or maybe i would have quit by now who knows but uh as but I'm you, sure you, you know, as soon as you start getting involved in like big industry stuff, even if it's Canadian, it's like people have different ideas for what you want to be. And it's hard when you're like in your early 20s to know who you are at all. And so you can kind of get led astray into thinking you're going to be something you're not. And uh, I think like some of those years for me was just like I was I didn't realize I was being dishonest with myself, but I uh, probably was. And I, and I started to expect things that, that weren't possible at all out of my career. Um, and, uh, and that, that all leads me back to like why I'm still writing songs and why I put this record out the way I put it out. Like I got all the control back in my life and, um, I'm still able to write songs and tour and, and, and try and convince people I have something important to say, you know, and, and like that sort of becomes the thing that's paramount. So anyway, I got carried away there, but no, no, it's good. That's what this, that's what we're here to do. It, um, yes, I mean, it, it's gotta be hard just like given your, your story that you've told so far today, like 
you know, you're scrapping it out in your car. You're, you're, you know, not really, like you say, you're kind of just doing it just to, just to get yourself to the next show, just to go see some different country, just to kind of experience life. And then people come along and, you know, kind of, kind of tell you, tell you what you want to hear. I'm sure. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's probably easy. It's probably easy to get caught up in that a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't even have a, I, I didn't do anything that they thought I was going to do. Um, you know, I'd get put on bigger tours and sell a bunch of records and then expect to sell tickets in those markets. And like, you know, going from like playing support slots to headlining, it's harder than people think, you know, and it's like, it's hard to figure out. And there was no like social media at the time. Like not really, there was like Facebook and Facebook events and those helped. But in my first tours, like it was like a payphone and like MapQuest printouts, man. Like there was, <laughs> there's <was> no, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> uh, and uh, like some of the first shows I get, I got that were good. Like I still got a cut of the bar at some of those shows. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, Un it was unheard of uh, unheard at this of. point. <laughs> well, it's just, there was just so much, so many more clubs doing live music and they had such a hard time finding touring acts to, to play them. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so there was just, you know, there was just opportunities that there aren't now. And now that, now that there's like all of the, it, you know, the saturation, there's so much good music out there. It's really easy to get lost in it all and, uh, and hard to get people out. Um, and there's so much bad music that unfortunately yeah. there's 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 they're still out there uh they're still out there touring too unfortunately yeah well you're right about that i'm glad you said it um but it, that, that's that's entirely true and it's and yeah. it's it's really it's really disheartening you know i've been touring for like well over a decade and uh and a lot has changed and and it's not like i'm worth much more than i was 10 years ago either you know it's like i'm still doing the same thing but that being said man i i have i bought like a farm and uh we have vehicles that run most of the time and you know i got right. animals and like i have a great life uh and and like i don't know if it's sustainable like i hope it is um but that's not really up to me. It's like, I'm going to try and write the best songs I can. And if people buy records and come to shows, then I'll get to keep, keep doing it. And if not, then I'll have to find something else to do with my life. That's just the reality of the situation. And I like that, uh, reality. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like that. It's just a given for me that I have to have, like, there has to be something at stake for me to like, I have to write good songs. Otherwise people are not, not going to bother with it. Uh, it's like, especially as you get older and you're Wish not, everybody the, thought like you know, that. <laughs> you're not <laughs> after like, good songs. I'm not, I'm not the new guy. And, and, uh, the fear of becoming irrelevant is real for, for as soon as you hit like 35, why should people give a fuck about me? Like, right there, you know, and that feeling is freeing because it, it just, you have to have art that's good. Otherwise they're not going to give a fuck. It doesn't matter how you look or what you do online. Like, honestly, my buddy Sam Baker, I don't know if you guys know Sam Baker, but he's a Texas songwriter. He's killer. Um, he's like, ah, the only thing that's going to matter is how good your songs were. 
Like you're how old, you're not you know you're not even gonna live very long. Like if you're lucky, you're gonna hit eighty, and people are gonna remember your songs. They're not gonna remember the shirt or the hat you wore or the, the other bullshit. It's like yeah, they're gonna measure sure. you. They're gonna measure you by by what you make. And uh, and so I, I took that to heart. And uh, and so hopefully I just get to keep making them. You know, and hopefully people will continue to support my little career and and uh, and and follow along as as it as it goes st- like further and further into the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's going great oh, right man. now, dude. Even even like when I was texting you like a little while ago, you're like you're so like self like deprecating. <laughs> just like I just oh, find man, I don't know. I don't think anybody gives a fuck. I'm like, shut up, dude. <laughs> Well, like part of it is like I, it's you know, it's part of that is true. Like, and well, and that's it, I mean, okay. I guess it, it keeps you from getting your you know, like get, getting your hopes crazy high, I guess. But uh, you know, hopefully, that's it just leaves, leaves room for for every all of the expectations to be exceeded. If you just said, ah, I don't think anybody gives a fuck. Well, you know, like the last couple of records I put out, I got like. Rolling Stone articles and and national coverage and this record Rolling Stone doesn't want to talk about it which is fine like I said it doesn't matter it's uh and I think it's like the best record I've made ever maybe and a lot of my the people that are close to me agree I think so yeah man and like I really appreciate that like when I sent it to you you were stoked and I was like this is this is the type of guy that gets this record and that's who this is for and and uh you know i don't the the nice part about it is that uh it it's just another record you know like when when i was young you get all these expectations built into a release expecting it to change your life in some way instead of just enjoying the fact that you got to make a record with your friends yeah and put it out right and and I'm back at this place where I'm just like, man, we got to make a record and tour it, and and it, and I didn't lose money. Like I made a little bit of money making a record. Like what the hell else do I want? Yeah. Like and you had a at, fucking blast. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. And it's and I got to like open for Coulter, and I got to uh, I got to tour Europe and and the UK with my band, and uh, I'm I'm going to do a one-off in Copenhagen in July, like one show in and out Copenhagen. I mean, it's a it's a stupid thing to do, but man, it, you feel like a rock star. You get why the hell not? Yeah, and you're like the money's there, and you're like, I'm gonna f- go to Copenhagen, play a show, hang out with my buddies, and then go home. And it's like, when am I? How else would I ever get to do that? Yeah, and and so like, I don't know how. You know, even 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 those folks who grew up with like working class parents, like in the art, in the arts, and in in music, it's like how do we get so entitled to think that that everyone should pay attention to our record? It's like it's up to you, man. It's up to it's up to me to get people to pay attention, and and a lot of it's just luck. A lot of it's just timing. And it's yeah. like you just you know, like I just I'm tired of the whining. And yeah. uh, I'm I'm tired of songwriters whining about it. If you if you know if you don't like the actual job of writing songs and making records and touring, like do something else. Yeah. There's lots of great jobs out there that you'll get that that offer you fulfillment. If if you're actually in this to make money, there's so few of us that that come out with like a bunch of loot. You know, once in yeah. a while you'll run into some loot. Great. Um it might not last forever. 
uh, it might never come. You might just be like making 500, 600 bucks a night um, and having to pay a crew. Um, you know, it's, you know, writing a record and making a record or, or expecting that something's going to hit or, or wanting it to, writing it that way, man, I just think that's a mistake. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I think I, I think it leads people astray. I completely agree. It's like you say. It's it's write the best songs you can, make the best art you can, and and hope you know, and hopefully, right? That keyword, hopefully, it it resonates with people and and people latch onto it. And also, like, be influenced by stuff. Like, go experience the world. Like, see see some shit. Take some weird jobs when you when you have downtime. Like, mm -hmm. experience some people that do different things. You know, what scares me is when songwriters just start writing about songs and they just start <laughs> writing about being on the road. I'm like, this is boring for me. I don't really need to hear any more songs about songs or songs about being on the road. There's, yeah. ex there's exceptions, obviously. Obviously. Like, uh, there's, there's quite a few I can think of, but like, to, to you know, and if you bump into those songs, great. But like, man, if the only thing you experience is, is the road and like, you know, 10 minutes of what a city is and the, the pizza or whatever else right. you need to eat. Like, you're not, you're not really <clears throat> being influenced by anything. You're just like, you're just, just rolling through and like, you know, you end up thinking about yourself a little bit too much and writing about your own feelings and about the lack of stable relationships in your life. And it's like, okay, some of those songs on a record's good, but like an entire record about that, uh, is boring and and I want I want to hear I want to hear people who have like you know put themselves into into situations or at least have good enough imaginations where they can wish they were somewhat somewhere else doing something in particular you know yeah. I want I want someone to tell me about the world and and I and I want to be one of those people yeah and and that so that's why I write the way I write. I don't write about myself a lot. Like I write story songs and I write uh, trying to describe what the world is from particular perspectives that are oftentimes not my own. Uh, and I mean, that's what my favorite songwriters do. And so, you know, what else are we doing but imitating them uh, from our own, in our own way, you know? Yeah, I love that. Um, now seems like a good time to uh, get into our second song here. We're going to play Even God Almighty, the fifth track, I believe, off the record. Um, so, yeah. yeah. You, uh, you want to go ahead and tell us a little story about it, introduce it, yeah. and roll right, roll right into it, man. This is one of my favorite songs. Like, yeah, I can, I can talk more about it after the break, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it to you right now. Yeah, so this song, there's a, there's a poem by William Carlos Williams uh, called This Is Just To Say. And people out there, if you don't know it, it's like... It, it takes like two seconds to read. It's like, uh, it's about somebody stealing plums from the fridge from their roommate. Um, and uh, I have, I had this reoccurring dream that there was this, I don't know, I guess it was God in a grocery store. And God would just pull out this poem and read it to themselves. And, uh, and so I put that like picture of God, this like simple, a uh, meek picture of God against uh, a bunch of scenes in uh, uh, in like I, I would call it America um, 
and the song I, I got the idea from the song for the song that song came together I went and saw my buddy Shane who was living in Tennessee at the time and he hate hated living in Nashville it was like the last possible place he could ever picture himself and he ended up there for like almost 20 years you know so it was like just riding shotgun in his truck him describing how terrible it was to be here and how we needed to go west and uh, so that, that whole feeling just gets put into this song, I think. And uh, this one's for Shaner. Caught the news tonight Lately it's always the same A couple idiots running for president They're passing out the blame Dear Apathy, you've been such a good friend to me Tonight I'm wishing for a nice way to ask you to leave I went out driving with my good buddy Shane down in Tennessee I passed the Baptist church with the gates locked tight all week except for Sunday Dear Irony Got on a Tuesday in the grocery store buying tomatoes, wearing her favorite pair of jeans. Watch them reach into their pocket, pull out a faded note with their favorite poem. This is just to say, I crack another beer. Watch that big moon rise Hear the coyotes yip A cattle ball and my baby girl cry oh, Good night nostalgia Would you get out of my way Lately I've been leaning on you Through the darkness and into the day guys enjoyed that one um man when yeah you, you you talked a little bit before the break about 
you just mentioned like how stoked I was when you sent me this record and like dude I was I was like cleaning my house or something I was literally like mopping the floor I remember that vividly <laughs> because nice. and uh you sent me this shit and I put it on and I was like dude it was it was one of those things like I was I was laughing out loud hysterically at like some of the lines I was like I was laughing out loud out of like just like pure like joy as to how much I like how good it sounded and how how great these songs were like I was I was completely like it was it was amazing that first listen was like unbelievable I li- and I think I listened <laughs> I think I listened to this album like you know five times that day it was insane that's awesome, that's like dm you on instagram i was like i was going crazy it was it was amazing it was one of my favorite like i mean i'm sure you've had those moments where especially a friend um you know you hear you hear a song for the first time or or a, or a record for the first time and you're literally just so overjoyed and and enjoying it so much that you you really can't even believe what you're hearing at the time. Totally. Yeah, I love that. That makes that means the world to me, man. Like a you know, I send this out to people who I like I trust them and I believe they have taste. And and some people it's not going to be for everybody, you know, and you send a record to people and it's just I was just so thrilled that you that you got it. Um, yeah. You know, and and, uh, and yeah, most of the people I sent it to, it was a similar reaction, and I felt like I felt vindicated. You know, I felt like okay, maybe I'm not nuts, because <laughs> I because I, I, like man, I think this is strong, and I and I and I'm I mean, there's not like you know, there's there's like songs that have single sort of energy, but like the record as a whole for me is just such a great statement. Uh, and you know, and I don't even know if people are like make records anymore. You know, that, that conversation is another thing. And like, what is it? You know, this you ask people in the industry, they want you to put out singles or make EPs, and I'm just like, I don't know. That's no. I think it's just. I think we need to hear big statements from people. Um, that that's really... my biggest beef with what's going on in the music industry right now. Is this whole, yeah, let me put out seven singles a year and never actually sit down and write a record. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean like, I get, I get why, I, and I get why. No, believe me, I, I completely understand why. I mean, I get that that's what it's like in this fucking like TikTok, ten second fucking world, ten yeah. second attention span world that we kind of have online, especially with like, I say young kids. I'm 27 years old, but it's like it's people that are my age and and younger, especially the people that are younger. And it's, it's, fuck, it's, it's annoying, man. It's, it's, I can't stand it. Cause it's like, you see, and you see, I mean, it's not, I'm not trying to rag on anybody, but it's like, I see some artists that I really think are capable of writing a great record doing this shit. And it's like, just why? Like, just, I don't know. I, I don't, I, like I said, I, I, I just, maybe I'm just, you know, ignorant, but I know there's a lot of people out there who will agree with me and want, and want the same thing, want to hear like you say, like a big statement, a, a record well, that's that's cohesive and everything, rather than just this stupid single bullshit. But that's, I, I mean, like you say, that's a whole other conversation. I don't mean to get sidetracked, but no, not at all. Like I, honestly, that's that's not getting sidetracked for me because because what 
what what's at stake or what we're talking about is like when the world goes to clips uh, and clickbait and and all that, uh, it can't do anything but also create the equal and opposite desire for something that is a little more careful, a little more nuanced. And there's going to be a whole group of people that is going to desire that. It's like right. why why are vinyl records still selling better than cds getting uh, more yeah getting more popular too like yeah they're selling better every year if you look at the yeah. stats why well because there is that equal and opposite reaction more and more people are going to shorter and shorter uh sound bites uh the news is the same um but yeah. now in the same breath you know uh you have long form journalism like podcasting, which is like a little scrappier, a little more careful, a little more nuanced, uh, a little less polished. Um, yeah, a little, a little more, more free. A little more free, a little more real, a little more sincere. And it's like, man, we should be demanding our artists that we love take the other route, not, not the one that seems like it's going to be the easiest, uh, fastest. Right growing thing because i don't i don't know like and that goes back to what you said earlier about don't write shit with money and fame and clicks in mind right i know and it's really hard when when things are happening for people not to to fall prey to that yeah um and you watch it you watch it in nashville with like the the way that they do co-writes and and it's like co-writing is great uh you know, co-writing for me is like me and you are driving, driving through Oklahoma or something. I don't know. I'm just pontificating, and 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 we see a sign, and it reminds you of something, and then we write a song about it. Like that's cool. Like I don't I don't want to slog on co-writes at all because I think there's like a great potential for for like two cool minds to like say something interesting that they wouldn't have said otherwise, but. Like going into the into the song factory scene, yeah. Uh, that like really that does song factories. Yeah, that's really, what it is, man. It it's really like, is. There's a reason why people don't like uh, mass produced. I mean, I look. I love McDonald's French fries. All right, like they're perfect. <laughs> um, but like, I don't consider that the height of of fine dining. You know? <laughs> of course. And, and it's not like there isn't there isn't room for for that but like dude we're we're chefs like we're we're people in in the music world like we need to know what's good and what's bad and and we need to be putting out stuff that is good and um i don't want to be the the restaurant that puts out that I double cheeseburger <laughs> yeah like I, I think we can do something a little more interesting than that and I'm not yeah. saying that stuff isn't good, because McDonald's French fries satiates me, especially at two o'clock in the morning after like ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, there's a lot of people out there who who have the radio on and they want to listen to pop country, uh, because it's on the radio. They don't even engage with why. No, they don't. Exactly, they don't even engage with the thought of why. It's just that's what's on. That's and what's let, on. So that's what do must it. be. That's what must be good. You know. But, and let, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. What we're here to do is to, is to try and is you know get people who actually like music, who actually engage with it and think about it and like listen to podcasts about music, and 
and like buy tickets to go to the show and buy a t-shirt exactly. when you get there and you know exactly and like the people that are actually paying attention mm-hmm. where it's like part of their life where they they put on a record while they're mopping the floor like you did and like it brings them it brings them glee you know like yeah they like it takes them somewhere uh I don't know. I like, I think about it and I think about like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of big artists that do that too. Like, I'm not saying that we're just like the only ones that do it. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of fans, like think about like Taylor Swift or something who her, her fans are just absolutely ravenous for rabbit. They're rabid. And and I mean, that's impressive. And on some level, like she's figured out how to speak to them. Um, Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, like more power to them. Like, I don't, I don't want to take away that connection with like, with, with art slash entertainment. Uh, I don't want to take that away from people or make it seem smaller or less than what we're doing. Cause it's not, it's probably a great deal bigger and more important than what I'm doing. Um, but the level of like nuance or like specificity that, that the type of genre that I'm in uh, promotes it just it just doesn't have a place on the radio uh and we have to be happy about that you know and and uh and celebrate it in different ways and promote it in different ways and that's why i'm like such a fan of your podcast and i'm so just stoked that uh you had me on man yeah man any anytime i mean you're yeah, you're you're great to talk to, regardless of whether we're talking about the album or talking about all this shit too. You have a great perspective on everything. Um, what's uh, let's get into the album a little more, and we can give people sure. a little bit more into into this specific record because it is so damn good, and I really do want people to dig into it and hopefully get as much out of it as I did. I understand that a lot of, like I've mentioned before, a lot of our listeners are American. And there's definitely some Canadian content on here that they may not understand or, or resonate with too much. I feel like, you know, we talked about uh, track four before when we were deciding what to play um, ahead, of, ahead of recording here. And we decided we wouldn't play track four because it does have quite a few Canadian references that people right. may not understand. But having said that, that song might resonate really well with people from the Midwest, like those big, you know, like farming, farming and, and ranching uh well i guess specifically grain farming uh states that type of thing you know what i mean but so i feel like there is still a lot of stuff there that americans can resonate with it's just like they might they they might not get the little you know some of the like the tongue-in-cheek canadian references yeah yeah like there's a reference to farm credit canada in there yeah and it's like you know i am I'm not trying to appeal to the common, the biggest common denominator. Like I am going to follow, <laughs> I'm going to follow those stories as closely as I can and try to write them uh, and, and be as specific as possible. And, and I think that people like me better for it and, and understand the level of sincerity that I'm coming at this with, you know, that mm-hmm. song, one good year. It's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty Canadian and it's like, middle canada mixed farm like like the farm i work on when i'm home it's like cows and grain and uh trying to manage all those things um and trying to write about characters that you know it's the same way i'm talking about like the whiny songwriter i i compare songwriting and farming all the time because i do both and 
and I have no patience for the woe is me uh, songwriter or the woe is me farmer. I'm like, if you got into this, you better damn well like it and you better be, be grateful when you do have, have good times. And, and, you know, you, you have to be able to say you have enough sometimes and you have to be thankful for those things. And, uh, and I think this whole record is sort of about that idea. Uh, um, you know, trying to, to take the next steps in your life or like turn a corner, like be a better person, a better like partner, or even just be like in a relationship. It's like trying to have an attitude of gratefulness is like, that's, that's what this record is about, I think. And, uh, and I think like trying to predict your future, you know, hence the term almanac, uh, trying to like use your past to predict your future. Um, I think that's what, that's what I'm trying to get at. That's like the nugget of this record. And, um, I don't, I don't make a bunch of large sweeping political statements. I don't, I'm not trying to like, to really like tell a person what to believe one way or the other, because I don't know what to believe one way or the other. And I don't think artists should, I don't think we should see the answers as obvious, you know, to all of these big questions. I think like our job when, when it's good is we're just I don't think anybody should. <laughs> Not yeah, just <man>. artists. <laughs> yeah. But like artists, especially like, I think our job is to just ask better questions. And, uh, and, and I do that through stories on this record. And, um, I think a lot of our favorite songwriters are doing that in their own way. Um, yeah, I just want, I want more of that in the world. I want better questions. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I'm not really interested in like finding a choir to preach to either, um, mm. which seems like a really popular way to go in, in, in songwritings, like trying to find a bunch of people who agree with your political ideology and then pandering to them. So right. like, that seems like a fucking mistake if you actually want to be relevant. Um, yeah. Like, but, but I mean, it works for people. Um, and sometimes people do need that safe place, you know, that to be part of that choir. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, that's the thing that, that moved me about those culture shows, man. Like there, there was people from all, all ages. I mean, it was mostly young folks, but like there was all kinds of people there from different walks of life. Yeah, socioeconomic status, uh, right wing, left wing, uh, you and they were all there in the same place for the same reason. Mm -hmm. It's like that should tell you that this is going well. You know, that no should kidding. tell you that this is about something bigger than just a show that night. Yeah, and uh, and I I uh, I think that that is uh, not specific to Coulter, um, but but definitely a sign that that he's writing about things that are that are not so obvious not so uh i don't think he's trying to preach to anybody uh he's trying to make them live a certain way i mean he's, he's you know um that's what i want out of my songwriters and that's who i want to be you know and, and uh I, I don't know i just really appreciated that seeing that as it shows us cool yeah when did you start writing this this record i assume over the over the pandemic obviously um, yeah, so I mean, talk I put, about some of the early stages of getting into writing this one. Yeah, I put I put a, a B-sides record out, and that was like right. all of my old ideas went through them all, put it out. Really loved that record. 
it was like a record for my fans. I didn't like promote it heavily, just like sent emails out and sold a pile of copies from the post office basically. And then I had like, it was like the first time in a decade where I actually had a blank slate. I had no old ideas to look at. I had no like lingering song possibility. It was just like brand new open page. What the fuck am I going to write about? You know? Yeah. And I wasn't traveling. I wasn't like seeing the world. I wasn't doing the things I was always doing. I was just like stuck at home farming. And I just started looking at where I lived a little more closely. Just just trying to get people's stories out of them. Uh, just hearing different characters talk about their lives. Um, how they grew up hard or too easy in some cases. And uh, just like trying to document this little slice of prairie life in, in, in Western Manitoba and hoping that it would translate into universal statements, you know? And, and I think for the most part, I, I was able to do that. I agree. I completely agree. What did that, did that coincide, like having that clean slate, did that coincide with kind of the kind of stuff you talked about before? Um, you know, as far as like your, I guess, industry relationships with people too and, and different, like you kind of just freed yourself from all of it, honestly, it sounds like to me. Yep. Yeah. I fired a manager for the first time. Uh, never fired anyone in my life before that. Um, and then, yeah, basically even the record before, before this one, uh, easy keeper, that was also a that was also a step towards being able to control my own path and mm-hmm. and I've just slowly been figuring out a way to to get to be the shot caller and to only have people around that that actually want to support what I want to do instead of having uh instead of seeing it as the way for them to make money off me and that's unfortunately mm-hmm just the way it's gone for me and for most of us like you're not really gonna you're not really gonna get a big a big manager who's gonna come along and say well i want to work with you if they don't if they don't see dollar signs yeah um and i and i don't blame them like right they, people want to make money when they put in a bunch of time so of course. um and there's ways to do that where you can stand up for yourself um, and there's ways to get sucked into their vortex of what they think is going to be good. And, and unfortunately, like not very many managers are tastemakers. Uh, not very many record labels are either. There's some that are. Um, but the best ones trust the artists that they sign. They just mm-hmm. trust them. Yeah. It's like, you want to go this way, we trust you. Let's 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 take a whirl at it and see if it's going to work. And, and to, to have people around in your life uh, that are like that, if you're a musician or not, like that's the ticket for me. It's just to have people around that, that, that don't want to get in my way. And, mm. uh, and f- I have to know what my way is and I have to have a pretty well thought out picture of, of uh, what it's supposed to look like and what I'm talking about and and you know what i want to do next and uh i don't know it's hard to get the people to engage 
with that um, because they don't always see the same way as you and that's okay you have to just be able to say see you later you know yeah totally you want to you want to give a little shout out and and tell us uh, you know where this one was recorded and who with and everything and because I mean yeah thing sounds sounds incredible yeah so it was just like for me it's like I tried the fancy producer angle, didn't like that. So now I'm just making records with my friends. And I have really cool friends who are all great at music. So I hire an engineer out of Edmonton to come and record the thing in this fancy studio in Winnipeg called No Fun Club. It's a wicked studio. It's like the uh, premier place to record in Western Canada, I would say. It has it has the most insane gear and it has a comms and uh, it's cheap and uh, anyone looking to make a record in Canada, it's, it's extremely affordable. Uh, you should come check out no fun club. Um, and then, yeah, so my, myself produced it with, along with one of my best buddies, Grant Siemens, he plays guitar for Corb. Mm -hmm. um, also just a classic, you know, Manitoba guitar player. Um, full of attitude he sort of was like uh, he has a, like a, a, a way to detect lameness when something is lame <laughs> and he's not afraid to tell you straight up if, if it's dumb and I'm not I, I'm not afraid of criticism like I'm I love it I mm. get a certain I get a certain amount of like sexual attraction when people tell me <laughs> like, when my wife tells me that there's something wrong with something I did, you know? <laughs> I'm not like, there's a lot of people who are like very afraid to be criticized and that's not me at all. I just like, I bring Grant in because he knows he can tell me straight up exactly when he thinks something stupid or when he thinks I'm wasting too much time thinking about why uh, we're doing this instead of this. So right. people like that, that just understand flow and, understand the electricity of making music with people like in a studio like i just like it to keep moving and if something's not working we stop doing that thing and we do something else and like i just that's the part of this record that i really loved it, we didn't think a lot about it we just got in and we recorded songs and there wasn't some grand design it was just uh it was just dudes friends hanging out playing guitars uh putting microphones up with a lot of experience um, but the trick for me for this record was just to not get in the way, not, not think too hard about it, not, not put too many coats of paint on it, record as much of it live as I could, um, just to get that energy, uh, instead of in the past, I've just, I've worked so hard at making something seem perfect to me at the time. And then after it just seems like overdone uh i always use the analogy of like a kid with a model like a model airplane mm -hmm. do you ever have those as a kid yeah yeah like wow i i wasn't too like big a, into that but my dad would always buy me model cars or model airplanes gotcha yeah i remember having a mo couple model cars yeah and you'd get like a million pieces and like contact cement you glue the whole thing together yeah, yeah. and then the last step is painting the stupid thing and you could have done a perfect job and then you paint it and you just keep painting it until it looks like shit. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did. 
<laughs> that's great. That's I love that's, that. That's what I did with most of my records, you know. Like I like, and I and I love my old records. Don't get me wrong, but like I just didn't want to overpaint it. I just wanted to to just let the songs stand on their own, and and for us to just go with an idea, not overthink it. Just play the songs how we would want to play them. And man, it just makes such a difference now. Like touring the thing live with the band, like man, it's just like we all know what we're doing, and we're all just like believe in the parts and people aren't just playing parts because they're on the record it's like the parts that they wrote on the spot and uh you know i don't know there's just a different there's a different yeah. type of energy with it and yeah I, i'm really proud of it no yeah man well it's time uh mike's not here but uh we do a segment every episode called rapid fires i'm gonna ask you some Love rapid it. fire questions and they're going to be done. We actually forgot to do them last time for dedicated listeners of the show. We forgot to do them with Josh, so Rapid Fires is back. So <laughs> here we go. Nice. Let's, uh, let's start with Bring it on. what is your favorite gas station snack? This is, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. Uh, I'm going to go cashews. Cashews. Is that cheating? No. Yeah. No. I don't I love, well, I don't know. It's a pretty fancy one. That is a fancy one. Yeah. You fancy, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, what is the worst? Um, too much bass in the PA. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you didn't get thrown off by that at all. Some people are like, the worst what? It's not no, just no, what's no. the worst, man. Um. All right, what's the, there's another food question. What's the grossest thing you've heard or seen somebody eating like it's normal? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you got to think about this one a little bit. I love this. This is a good question. Eating like it's normal is the part. Right, like it's like you look over and somebody, like for example, I'm trying to think, like I seen somebody the other day putting mustard on a watermelon. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I saw. Okay, so on the road, I saw somebody uh, a raw chicken breast. No, no way. Yeah. Yeah. What? I, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's like a group of people that consider it normal, but this fucking loser did. No. Yeah. So that would be my answer. Why? Like raw, know, straight up raw, it. not not cooked, not even like no. medium raw, 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 like no, raw, raw, raw chicken. Disgusting, dude. And listening to him chew it. Oh, oh, so this <laughs> is somebody you were like in close quarters with. You had to like experience this. Oh yeah, I experienced it. It seemed like he was like trying to prove something, and we were all just oh. like, okay. Buddy. What are you trying to prove that you're gonna go to the fucking hospital later? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I damn. guess it's. I guess it's something some people do. Uh, it seems pretty stupid to me. That's psychotic. <laughs> that's, well, that's amazing. At least you like the answer. That's good. Dude, that's gross. That's fucking gross. Ah, oh, Jesus. The other one I'll give you, which is like more of a standard answer, which is kind of the thing that popped in my head first. It's just not romantic, like a raw chicken breast. Uh, yeah, romantic. Is uh, <laughs> is eggplant. Eggplant. Why just the fuck in general. Do people, 
just this mushy purple thing that's like not tasteless tasteless i'm just i just don't i don't know why you'd bother like yeah i like when they make stuff with it and it tastes like other stuff but i'm like we could do that with lots of things you do that with lots of things i don't yeah. have any time for eggplant so all right there you go uh, del barber noted eggplant hater um, yeah all right i'll give you a bonus one i was only going to do three but uh, we're burning through them so what is uh let's let's hear del barber's hangover cure Okay. Um, this is a strange answer to this question, but the cure to a good hangover. Hot chicken breast? <laughs> the cure to a good hangover is obviously uh, all the standard answers apply, but the, the real cure to a hangover is commitments. <laughs> Commitment? Uh huh. Like, if you have a show the next day, you will if you have commitments right if you ha if you have all day to wallow you're gonna feel like shit all day that's true but if you got shit to do uh you're probably gonna bounce back way quicker at way least quicker. i do like that's a good I, answer but i take too too many uh too many poison drinks in the night before and then i have a show the next next night i'm i'm gonna be good um and I think it also teaches me not to have as many drinks that night as well. Right. So I don't know. I think commitments is a, is a kind of off kilter answer, but I think I like that's that probably one. the best thing. Yeah. It's a good answer. It's a great answer. Well, man, we uh, pretty much made it through here. Um, was there anything else specific you wanted to talk about, spit out about this record that we, we didn't get to or anything else? No, man, we've, I, 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 whatever i let it rip on a bunch of stuff i've blathered blathered on and on i just appreciate people hanging out and listening and you got a great thing going here and i just i'm just stoked to get to be a part of it man thanks for having man. me on dude anytime um you got you got some shows coming up this will be released really soon here so you got some shows coming up in the u.s and yeah. i've mentioned several times now that uh we have a very large american listening listenership i guess would be the word um but uh, yeah, do you want to tell everybody where you're headed? And uh, I mean, I can read it off here. It's right in front of me. Got May 20th in Bozeman, Montana, live from the Divide. Love that fucking venue, dude. That's a yeah. great place. Oh, my it's God. awesome. I've, I've been there before. And uh, the Jason, great the people. Guy it's wicked. Yeah. yeah that place I'm, is fucking I'm just, great. I'm just going out solo on these shows. We got like, so we're playing live from the Divide. And then I'm playing Butte, Montana the next night uh, with my buddy Christy Hayes. And then I'm just basically, uh, you know, I'm, I just booked this tour just to try and get back to the States. Like, I'm a dual citizen. My family's all from Wisconsin, so I, I should be playing there all the time, and I'm not. And so I'm just trying to have, I'm trying to figure out how to get back there and, and play mm -hmm. more shows there. So um, I'm just taking any possible gig. I'm trying to remember what it's like to be 20 and just take any gig <laughs> for any amount of money. Just go do it because I love it, you know? Nice. Yeah, so that's May 21st, Butte, Montana. Then we got May 23rd, Del Norte, Del Norte, Colorado. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They probably could pronounce it weird in Colorado, yeah. honestly. But May 25th in Trinidad, Colorado, and then May 27th in Houston, Texas. It's actually, it's actually May 26th in Houston. My poster is wrong. Oh, no. Yeah, so right. I am going to drive from Trinidad to Houston uh, in the same – and play a show that day so it's like a 13 hour drive and a show it's gonna kill me 
that's going to be a long day. But yeah. It'll be a great show. Yeah. Yeah, Houston at Mucky Duck. Mucky so, Duck. Yeah, people in Houston, songwriter fans, will know that club. It's awesome. Fuck yeah. I, I strongly encourage if you are in the area to go out to one of these shows and uh, and support Dell. obviously. we got lots of listeners in Colorado, Texas, Montana, all through there. So nice. definitely get out there and see one of these shows. Yeah, and the other thing is if people like liked what they heard uh, on the show or didn't like what they heard, you, I told you how I feel about criticism. Just uh, send, send me a DM. Yeah. Light me up. Tell me how much I suck. <laughs> and then watch and then watch me defend myself because I'm pretty good at it. So there you go. Um, yeah, no, holler at me though. I would love to 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 uh, connect with anybody out there. Obviously, that's that's the name of the game nowadays, and I'm I'm easy to wrangle. So shoot me a note. Hell yeah, man! All right, well, uh, thanks for doing this again, man. It was it's always great chatting with you. Always great hanging out, even virtually. You're, yeah, you're hopefully, still, still, still a great hangover Zoom. Hopefully, we get to hang soon, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Make hopefully. it happen. We're uh, we're gonna leave everybody here with uh, "Still Got You." This was the first single off of off of this album, and uh, yeah, thanks again, man. And uh, I really, like I said, I really believe in what you're doing. I hope everybody else out there who hasn't heard you uh, before today, listening to this podcast, is now a big fan. We'll go listen to the rest of this album in its entirety and uh, dig into dig into some of those older records too. I mean, like you said, Easy Keeper. That's I I really don't think you have a bad record, but this is by far my favorite one. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave everybody with this song. I'll, I'll let you close it out, introduce the song. We'll roll right into it. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, leave it to you, Dell. Yeah, man. Well, thanks again for having me. Just. Uh excited for you to hear this song this is this song is basically let it serve as an invitation uh come to manitoba let it, listen to some coyotes yep and listen to the wolves shut them up and and uh, see the sky like you've never seen it before i know you live in places where you think you see stars but you haven't been here and uh so uh come on by the farm there's a bed in the basement uh set up for you whoever you are uh if you start getting close to Saskatoon and you're in Manitoba still, you just start yelling my name and I'll find you. And, and uh, this is a song about all that stuff. So uh, come on out, visit us. Um, love to show you my corner of the world. And uh, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully some of you will take me up on that. So. So I could wander at the stars The weather woman says I got for Jupiter and Mars Hoping we got this corner turned All the best things we have we just didn't earn There's a big storm coming, I can feel it in my knees I can hear the thunderheads groaning out in the east I got a freezer full of meat and a fridge full of beer Expect a crooked path if you're letting me steer I'm a lucky in love, my belly's full I never could grab the horns of the bull I try to believe the man on the news The whole world goes to shit, well I still got you
they've got just cause and they're rallying in the streets. I'm just pruning my tomato, pulling out the weeds. Head to home hardware later today. Try and keep this roof from blowing away. All the bitching and the moaning, this beer in life. It's joy and sorting out your socks and sharpening your knives. And I know there's bigger fish to fry. Just because small doesn't make it less good or less right. I'm lucky in love. Shit, well, I still got you. The whole world goes to shit, well, I still got.